And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Well, here we are again, this time to talk about There Will Be Blood. Oh, I can't wait. I'm Les Roberts. <laughs> and I'm Ann Elder. There Will Be Blood, Anne, <laughs> is written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, based on a novel written back in 1927 by Upton Sinclair, and it stars Daniel Day-Lewis as the leading character, Daniel Plainview. <laughs> Daniel Plainview started out as a silver prospector. He's working in the dirt. Right. One of his cohorts is killed very early. And by the way, the first 15 minutes of this film, there's no dialogue. You hear a lot of picking. <laughs> a lot of picking. <laughs> While they're trying to strike for silver. Right. When the young man is killed down in this hole, they find not silver, but oil. Yes. And suddenly, Daniel Plainview changes his whole career. <laughs> and eventually, after bilking a lot of people and cheating a lot of people, becomes one of the richest men in America. Well, he bilks people out of their land. Of course, he's got a great spiel going because he's carrying with him a small child. Well, it was the child of the young man who got killed. Right. At the time, he was an infant. Daniel Plainview somehow adopts him, right. changes the boy's name to H.W. Plainview, mm -hmm. played by Dylan Frazier when he was about 10 or 11 years old. An interesting and haunting performance, I thought. Yes, right. And what happens to H.W. is there is an accident during the drilling of the first oil well that leaves him, unfortunately, stone deaf. Correct. You know, this film has been hailed as a masterpiece. And I'm sorry to say, I don't feel that it is. And I'm going to have to give it a few slings and arrows before we go any further. Well, hurry up with your slings and arrows because i got a few of my own. Okay. There are some serious flaws in this film. Yep. Namely, I think that the conflict between good and evil is not to be found in this film. This is a movie about evil and power. And there are certain things that drive men to evil. There are many reasons for it. In this film, Paul Thomas Anderson decides that the two main reasons for Daniel Day-Lewis's character to behave in such a despicable, horrifying, hateful, spiteful, cold-blooded, savage way is because he strives for both power and money. And those are the two things that drive him. He is devoid of humanity. He loathes and despises everything about the human race. And he says so, by the way. He does. And it is on that basis that Daniel Day-Lewis has to construct a character that will hold this movie together for two hours and 38 minutes. That is some test of an actor's ability. And I've got to say, for all the problems that come with this film, Daniel Day-Lewis gives one of the great performances of all time. I agree, Les. Wow. Daniel Day-Lewis is an English actor. He's been educated in the English tradition. So he brings to this film not only a sense of cinema, but he brings to it a sense of theatricality. And that makes this character one of the most provocative and most intriguing that I've seen on the screen in a long time. Oh, sure. For example, look at the way he treats that adopted child when he is of no further used to him. By that, I mean he is now deaf. He puts him on a train and sends him off to San Francisco. He is a pragmatic man with a heart of stone. He does have a heart of stone, and it's frightening to watch him do that. It's frightening to watch him bilk these people. It's frightening to watch him react to the smallest question 
of his authority or his dreams with savagery. But I've got to say that despite the title of the film, There Will Be Blood, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of violence in this film. There's a lot of emotional brutality, but very little physical violence. There Will Be Blood comes from Mm -hmm. great discussions about the blood of Jesus to purify you. And this comes from the character that should be the main antagonist in this film, Eli Sunday. He is a young evangelist preacher played by Paul Dano. Paul Dano we saw as the silent teenager in Little Miss Sunshine last year. He's not silent in this one. He talks a lot. The discussions about God and greed and capitalism and all of that are part of the dialogue that goes on. However, when we learn that Paul Dano's character, the evangelist, is a sham, the evangelist is just as evil in many ways as the character of Daniel Plainview. Now we have lost what I call the dimension, the structure, the dynamic that a movie like this really, really needs. And I think that that's one of the problems with the script. Paul Thomas Anderson focuses all of his energies on the creation of this brilliant, brilliant Daniel Day-Lewis, Daniel Plainview. But everything else then is kind of left unfinished. Stories begin and then they slip away. Frankly, the character of the evangelist is brought up in the beginning of the movie. We see him a little bit more midway and then we lose him until the last 20 minutes of the film. That's right. That's not good screenwriting. It wasn't good screenwriting. Paul Dano started off very interestingly, but he winds up giving a very overwrought performance. I think he personally was trying a little too hard to match Daniel Day-Lewis. Nobody could stand up to Daniel Day-Lewis's performance. So I felt badly for Paul Dano. I felt badly for me, Anne, because I went to this film so excited, and I was bitterly disappointed at how unfinished and how empty this two hours and 38-minute long film turned out to be. Well, I think the movie is very one-dimensional, and I think that the character of Daniel Day-Lewis, because he is such a brilliant, brilliant actor, he is able to make it work. But I will tell you, by the end of the two hours and 38 minutes, I think Day-Lewis has run out of tricks. And then that last sequence where Paul Dano and Daniel Day-Lewis have a final meeting in the big mansion that Daniel Plainview has finally built. In the bowling alley in the basement. That sequence borders on ludicrous. It is a bashing performance in many more ways than one. And it's unfortunate because this film had so many possibilities. But I think there will be blood needed. There will be a rewrite. Paul Thomas Anderson has great talent. It's such an offbeat and uncompromising look at the topic of evil. I wish it had been a little bit more fleshed out, except for Daniel Day-Lewis. I would never have given this movie anything other than a red light. But because he is so fascinating, I'm going to have to give the movie a yellow light. I think that everybody who loves acting and who is interested in what an actor can do in a film, as opposed to what they do on the stage, must see this film. But looking at it as a whole, I don't think it's anywhere near the masterpiece that people are calling it. I don't think it's anywhere near Citizen Kane, although the Citizen Kane character and the Daniel Plainview character both exhibit greed and they make a lot of money and they lose their humanity. But Citizen Kane did have some poetry in his soul. Very much so. And this guy has no poetry. He has nothing except evil and hatred. And that's a very tough character to sustain for a long time. So I'm giving this film a yellow light also. 
don't miss Daniel Day-Lewis's performance, but the film itself, and that is what we are indeed reviewing here, just isn't good enough for a green light, and it is nowhere near good enough to be called one of the great masterpieces of all time. Two yellow lights for There Will Be Blood. Until next time, I am Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And we're looking forward to seeing you having a great time at the movies. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.